Yeah. We'll call them back, won't you, uh, Laurie, or get back to them with the answer? Yeah, if, um, if I have to leave, then uh -huh. they can decide. Yeah. Do you have a question well, for Lori? You can register when you come in. Okay. Does she have your information? Yeah, we've been involved. We yeah. were in the Cambridge. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, this I put here because I got a contribution. Don't lose track of that. I want to leave it separately. Well, welcome. Well, you should see my flowers this morning. Did they pop right up? Perfect. <laughs> They're at the perfect stage right now. I put them right on my counter in front of my face. I think right the way the sun comes yeah, up. your information. Yep. Oh, you have it? Okay. Well, does it, do you get her email? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. okay so have, seen, have you have a question? You want to answer? Wait, okay. You can, after if you do. That's fine. Okay. Find, I can do that. Find a seat. Thank you. About right, yeah. Here, are you? No, no, I'm not sitting there. Okay, sure. No one's sitting there, are they? No. Was, it, was your husband sitting there? Yeah, but yes, he'll find a place. He'll find a different place. Take charge, please. Well, it's 1 o'clock. I would like to get things started on time. We're here to uh, for a listening session for Lori Compass, the Senate District 13. My name is Steve Bauer. I'll do the MC here, and I've got some questions that I would like to read. Um, and then again, if you have other questions, Thank feel you. free to bring those up. And um, the other thing that I would like to mention is that here's Lori's email, or her website, rather. If you have any questions or if you have concerns or whatever, you can contact her through that website. She will have a listening session Monday, March uh, 12th at 6 p.m. in Watertown, in the Watertown Senior Center, and that's 514 South 1st Street. And then in Fort Atkinson on Tuesday the 13th at 6 p.m. in the Dwight Forest um, Library, and that's in the community room. There will also be one to be announced in Oregon and also Mayville. So I have one of those sheets in case I'm going to take notes myself. Okay. Just one. City Hall on the 15th. Difficult thing, obviously, I mean, for 
and a, um, what was the other? Oh, the earned income credit. So that, that is, in effect, raising taxes on the poorest people in our society while giving tax breaks to the very, very wealthy. Um, I think that anytime you're dealing with a budget, you're asking yourself moral questions. And so I think as a society, we have to settle on what we think is right, what we think is important in our society. And I personally think healthcare is a basic need, it's a basic right for everyone. And so I think that we should start with issues like that, healthcare, education. We think everybody deserves these things, everybody needs these things. Let's start out by saying, we're gonna make sure that everybody gets these, and then we'll figure out how to pay for it. Um, John Erkenbach last week announced a way to, to reinstate badger care. Basically, it was closing that Las Vegas loophole for the wealthiest corporations, and it just seems to me like a no-brainer. Why should we cut healthcare to the poorest people while giving tax breaks to people who can actually afford to pay their fair share? Yeah. Excuse me, that's my question. How are you going to balance the budget? Because it's going to be very difficult next time. So Exactly. So I'm not gonna be able, I'm not gonna be able to stand here and say, I mean, budgets are huge documents that, that take hundreds of people to work on them. So I'm not gonna be able to say right now this is exactly what I would do. It would take it would take hours and it would take days Can and you it would give take us just one idea. Sure, like I, well, exactly what I just said was that I, I think through consultation with the people of this district that we need to decide what our priorities are first. So our priorities are, say, healthcare. And this is just my gut instinct from talking to people while I was carrying petitions. They said healthcare was a problem. Let me finish. Let me Obamacare take care of all that. It would be like a non-issue. That's the Affordable Healthcare Act, I think is what you're talking about. And... <laughs> I'm talking about what I heard was badger care. People want badger care back. And so I'm saying that last week, John Erkenbach introduced a plan that would pay for badger care. And that's closing the loophole that allows wealthy corporations to get tax breaks. Laurie, do you have an idea if you're going to raise property taxes or cut more programs? I'm, again, I'm not going There's to go a couple right now. My, my campaign kickoff is next Saturday, so that's when I'm starting really campaigning. Right now, I'm here to listen and see what your ideas are, see what your priorities are. So, I mean, if you guys have ideas, I would love to hear them. But I'm not going to be able to stand here and say, this is exactly what I would do, because I haven't listened to everyone yet. I haven't even been up to Hort. So I have been on the 17th, you'll be able to tell us. No, on, on the 17th is our party to kick off the campaign. Okay. I think what I'm hearing right now is um, you're letting us know your priorities. And what I would say, the little bit I've seen in state government in the past year or so, is our priorities are totally out of kilter. If we're giving breaks to corporations and people who can afford to pay, my thought would be, and I agree with what you said, we're going to put figure out priorities, health care, education, care for the elderly and disabled, whatever it would be, and there is money there to make it work. I, I do not believe that we can't afford to do these things. I think it's a matter of priority. Yeah, I mean, I think it's frustrating that, you know, like with the whole redistricting thing, I just heard the other day that they've gotten a million dollars to pay for the legal defense of these lines that a lot of people think were illegally drawn. And so, 
Apparently that's a priority for someone, to have a million dollars to pay these liars. I and I compared to, compared to spending the millions of dollars on the recall? I'm sorry? Compared to the millions of dollars it's going to cost to do the recall? Well, the recall would cost a lot less money if Scott Fitzgerald doesn't challenge a lot of signatures, which he did. He, I said for two months now that we had far more signatures than were required. So for two months, he's been asking state workers to verify our signatures. He threw up all these frivolous challenges. He could have chosen not to do that. He How could have somebody out of our district that signed the recall petition a frivolous throw up? How do you come for that? There were not enough of those. But there still are some, and you personally took responsibility for all There are very few, and anyone can go online and see that I put you in still, X. You still Now he can't run for senator. I, I understand that, but 
12, and we don't have any computers. You really can't teach kids to be competitive in the workplace in 2012 without computers. I mean, if you're doing like cutting and pasting and dry down and stuff like that. So, you know, it just, it really depends on the community. It depends on the level of services that the communities want to provide. I would like to see there be more local control of, of the schools. Um, but what, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that $12,000 range is off? I mean, considering that the public schools have to serve children of all needs? When, when, and I know that there's going to be, there should be some other um, repercussions to this, to this, but when we go to voucher schools, charter schools, virtual schools, uh, from my understanding, I believe it's voucher schools, if a student goes there, they get half the amount of money that the state, that we pay to a school district per student. So let's take the number, if you want to, only because it's easy math, is $12,000. So if there's $12,000 to educate that student in the public school, the voucher is only for $6,000. Okay. So then, in my understanding, is that's what that school gets paid. The other amount goes to the school district, and that student isn't even there. And they get that money. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. that's I, right. Yes, it is. I, <laughs> think I would need to look into that. The student isn't there, but the district gets uh, $6,000. There's no student to teach. Over here, they're going there, so that means that the family and everybody else is paying for him to go to a private school or go to the school of their choice. So I'm saying six thousand dollars. If they can educate for six, why are we okay? Well, you're not comparing apples to apples in that case because a voucher school is not the same as a public school. A public school, well, because I'll tell you why. Okay, I'm, I'm a public school has to educate every kid who walks the door, and I see kids at my kids' school who are in wheelchairs, they're completely immobile, they require at least one staff person to be with that child all day. So that one child takes up an entire staff person's salary for that whole year. Voucher school doesn't have to take that child. A voucher school can say no to anyone they want. Secondly, a voucher school has no certification requirements. So you might have a, a kid with special needs or you might have a kid who doesn't know how to read because they're in kindergarten and you don't have like a reading specialist. You don't have a certified teacher teaching them. It's just anybody who walks down the street. You don't have to do background checks. I mean, that, the comparison between a public school where the teachers are certified, where the teachers know what they're doing, and a voucher school, you're not comparing the same thing. Of course it's cheaper. I'm Thank you for I asking. I can't hear you very well. I said that's a good question. It's 
Thank you for asking it. The reason that I, I think everyone has their own reason for signing that petition. What all of them boil down to is the process, abuse of power, <clears throat> and betrayal of trust. Oh, well, do, you, do you expect the people that voted for him in the last election expected him to vote Democratic or Republican? Do, I, you, do you think they, they voted for him to what? Am I
Pets. All right. We're not going to get any place. I agree. <laughs> Next question. To me, bipartisan cooperation means both sides coming together, the Republicans and the Democrats, and actually talking about where they stand on issues, where they can find common ground, and doing the people's work. Because I think a lot of the stuff they're working on right now doesn't isn't really a priority. I mean, when I go around and talk to people, I don't hear people clamoring for voter ID laws and how many months have we lost jobs when Walker's, uh, you know, a whole idea was to create jobs, and what are you going to do about jobs? Yeah, um, we've lost jobs every month since the Walker Fitzgerald budget went into effect. I think, I think what their approach has been has been to give money to very wealthy people and very large corporations, and they seem to be focused on this idea that, you know, maybe we can trick companies from Minnesota to come over, Illinois to come up. And Wait a minute. We're going to have a, we're going to have a polite conversation. Please allow Lori to answer the question and raise your hand. Thank you.
place to tick off if you have uh, special knowledge in a particular area. So, so if you have knowledge in that policy area, please let me know on these sheets and hand them in. Because what I'm hoping to do over the course of the campaign is assemble teams of people, particularly business people, so that people who know the ins and outs and all the intricacies of these issues can inform me on, you know, just kind of share their knowledge with me so that I can form better opinions as we go. Okay, I'm going to take the question from the gentleman in the, in the sweater and then over here and then Anthony, I have your question. So, please. I guess I just wanted to say something about the issue of bipartisanship and then Lori's comment about process. Uh, you know, I, I've gone to the Capitol over the years to deal with different kinds of legislation and been able to talk to both Republicans and Democrats and it's really not been a problem talking to to both sides of the aisle. In the last two years, it's been really uh, very distressing to me what's been happening at the Capitol. Um, and, and I think, you know, to have meetings that are called by one side when there's no notice to the other side, you know, late at night and not following the rules that, that really uh, is, is been uh, a huge departure from what's been done in the past and has created just a huge rift between the two parties. Um, I, I think that's the process that has really gone off track and created this huge split between the parties, and I think that's really been the change that's happened Thank in the last year. And, 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 I'm sorry, do you have a question? I mean, no, I have a comment. Okay. Right. Lori's here to hear comments, not, okay. not answer questions. And I think she needs to hear that I, I think the process does need to change because the yeah, and if I, if I could comment on that. Um, it's also very expensive. I went to the redistricting hearing last summer. There was only one public hearing on that whole redistricting process. And Congressman Obi testified, former Congressman Obi testified at that hearing. And he talked about how redistricting used to work. He said that he would sit down at a table with you know six or seven people, six or seven of his colleagues, and they would look at the lines that had been drawn at the municipal level. So, you know, the city clerk in Lake Mills would sit down and draw the lines. And then they would chunk those together to form the districts. And it was all done on staff time. So it was, you know, it wasn't free. We had to pay for their salaries, but we were paying their salaries anyway. And that's what it cost. This year, this time around, Scott Fitzgerald and his brother Jeff Fitzgerald hired a, a law firm in Madison and paid them at least $400,000 that we know of to draw these lines. And if you look at those lines, it, some of them look like lakes. Some of them have like little islands of, you know, one district has a little chunk of another district over here. I mean, it's it's very strange. It's unlike anything that Jerry. I've ever seen. It's called gerrymandering, I guess. <laughs> Um, and they even admitted it in the emails that they were forced to release. So we've also got a staffer of Jeff Fitzgerald's, a staffer of Scott Fitzgerald's, are paid by us. They're paid by taxpayers. And they're not working in the Capitol. They're working in that, in that law firm's office. The, they can't do political work in the Capitol because they're being paid by taxpayers. And so what I want to know is, why are they working in those attorney's offices? Why are we paying? I mean, I understand people don't want to pay a whole lot of tax money. I don't want to see my taxpayer money that's going for the people's work going to pay these guys who are doing blatantly political stuff. 
They're not even using their official emails. They're using Gmail accounts so they can get around having to report what they're saying. That's just wrong. And I don't think there's anyone who
my, my gut reaction and what I've been hearing from other people is that when, when unions are strong, when people are paid a fair wage, when they have safe working conditions, that brings everyone in society up. Back in the 50s, when we had a lot of manufacturing and we had a lot of people who were treated right, we had a, a large middle class that was very successful. And over the years, we've seen an erosion of that. That's just every, that's everybody's experience.
Son, uh, we follow this. Historically, any state can institute right to work, the standard of living goes down. And it, quick comment on contraception. The government has no business telling a woman what she can do with her body.
you know, Senate bill. It was just. Yeah, um, to me that sounds like a terrible idea. I think special education students are the ones who most need this IEP, the individual education program. Um, the, the paperwork that goes through, goes with that is very detailed. The teachers and specialists evaluate what each child needs. They have a specific plan for it. Um, in fact, I think I might have said it earlier, it's an individualized education plan, not the um, and that plan needs to be adhered to in order to meet the needs of those students. And so the idea of sending one of those students to a school that doesn't have to meet those needs really seems to me counterproductive. And here's the, here's the second question. Will you repeal the part of Act 10 that mandates public employees pay one half of their pension contribution and 12% of their health insurance? Well, that is not something that I wouldn't be able to do personally. Um, and I, again, I think it's the kind of thing that we've got to sit down with the budget. We've got to look at all the priorities. And again, as I said earlier, that's already been agreed to. So that might not even be on the table for the next budget. I don't know. Here's the next question. What ideas would you like to see implemented at the state level to address affordable health care needs? Yeah, well, that kind of goes back to the Badger Care mm -hmm. issue. I think Badger Care is something that can be paid for right away, but I also would like to see programs expanded because I think some people just barely don't qualify for Badger Care. You still need access to affordable health care. And for me, and for, you know, if, if it's the consensus of people that I talk to, and it seems to be the consensus of people around the district that affordable health care is a priority, then I would make it a priority, and I would sit down with my staff, and I would sit down with the staffs of other legislators and figure out how can we pay for this. Two more questions here. Would you like, would you, I'm sorry, would you look at the redistricting methods used in Iowa, which have been done by computers and not by political people? Yeah, there are several different methods for redistricting that I think would work much better than hiring a private law firm that's known to be a partisan law firm to do that. And the last question that was submitted to me, how can we do more environmentally? That's kind of broad. <laughs> <laughs> who, has, who has that? Dave Tillotson did. Dave, Dave, you want to elaborate on yeah, that? Yeah, can Dave? you elaborate on that a little bit? just can't grasp how 
uh, how amazing that is until you live through it. You're just like, well, where am I going to get my water? And they have trucks that drive around and sell big things of bottled water. And I just thought, you know, I mean, here's a case where maybe their taxes are lower than here, but when they turn on their tap, no water comes out. So, you know, taxes can be a good thing. Um, and as far as, um, you know, the environment, I think our, our state's environment, you know, in general, largely depends on who the Secretary of the Department of Natural Resources is. I mean, that person kind of sets the course. And I have to say, I was really disappointed at the appointment of someone from the Builders Association, Kathy Stepp, as the head of the Department of Natural Resources. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Gentlemen, with the UW Lacrosse here, please. I was just wondering, I'm just a recently retired state employee, and uh, I have excellent health care and retirement pension which I understand we're being attacked, and I don't quite understand why everybody wants to take us down with this excellent plan there. But my question to you is, could that, those plans, could that health insurance, and could that retirement be used to help the gentleman that was here from the little, a small business person or farmers? Why can't people come join those plans instead of taking those plans and saying, hey, you can't have this benefit because I can't have it. What about letting everybody have those plans? That's great. I I don't know, but it is you know that's that's something that's a big concern to farmers is that oftentimes farm families one spouse has to work off the farm at least once sometimes both just to get health insurance for the family and. You know, I think farms are stronger. Farms often take two people to really run them more than full time. You know, two people working 60, 80 hour, 80 hour weeks. And to force one or both of those people to work off the farm just to get health insurance really is counterproductive. And farms are businesses too. I think we need to remember that. Gentlemen, thanks for taking my question, Lori. Um, this is a bipartisan uh, subject, but I think it's something that, it, are you familiar with um, the United Nations? Uh, agenda 21. No. Okay. I think that you seriously need to look at that if you're going to get into politics. And everybody in this room needs to look at Agenda 21 by the United Nations because it's going to affect everybody from the federal government all the way down to the city council in the next 20 years. So if you get a chance, look up Agenda 21. Can you, can you give me a brief overview? Like, what's your concern with it? Uh, the concern is um, on both sides of the fence. Uh, Republican and Democrat, things that have been signed without law, um, things uh, that are going to affect farmers.
to develop, like this man right back here, he wants to develop his corporation, hire more people. Pretty soon he's going to be one of those ugly people, ugly, big I'm not saying they're ugly. No, no I am, ugly. but that's because that's the feeling I get. I'm all for free enterprise and for everybody who makes the most money they can make. Pay, pay, pay taxes so that uh, you can help, you know, you can contribute. But you're hiring people. People work, people pay taxes. People pay your salaries as teachers and public employees. If you kill off the big business people, you're going to kill your, your taxes if you get to pay your wages. To me, I don't understand why you can't see that. We have to have people working. You have to have people putting out thousands and millions of dollars, their livelihood, to develop something to hire people. So okay. why not support them instead of be, to make them look ugly? Okay, not trying to make them look ugly. Just Green. I think yes. I think I think there should be no, some. No, they're paying your salary. Okay, please. This is we're starting right now. Please do not interrupt her. Let her finish her statement. I appreciate that. We'll have a chance to talk. I just get so upset when I hear that corporations are evil and ugly. Okay. I don't think anyone here has said that. I think that's the impression I got when you first started. Okay, well, I don't want to. I don't mean to give that impression. Okay. What I'm saying is corporations should have to pay their fair share. Right now they don't. Yeah. There should be accountability. Yeah. If you give tax credits to you know, someone who's a job creator, I want to see proof that they created jobs. Right now I'm not seeing that. Well, you know what? And there again, I'll go back with this gentleman, bipartisan. Um, lately, with what's happened, let's say, in Madison, um, just the ugliness that happened in our capital last year, all this ugliness, it seems on, and you know, obviously I'm on the opposite side, the more conservative side, but it seems as if, if this, my side, my conservatism, I can change my, what I believe, as long as I go along with the other side. Then I'm, then I'm being bipartisan. Then I'm getting along. I never see the other side want to give up and come my way. And that's bipartisan, like Keith said, that's cooperation on both sides. We don't see it. Look what just happened with the mining bill. Whether you, and this was just a regulatory bill. And this is just nothing. And we voted straight lines except for the one senator. And Lord, do you have a comment about bipartisanship? How are you going to do this? I think when it, <laughs> you read the bill, yeah. We can, maybe we can stay after and talk about mining. I've, I've only got about... 10 or 15 minutes before I have to get a lot of it. But what, what I think about when I think about bipartisanship, and when I hear you say, you know, I'm on the opposite side, I don't like that because I really believe that all of us. We're in this together. But we're, we are in this together. Yes, we, we do are. Have, I know if we could go out for coffee sometime, <laughs> we could come to an understanding of at least a few things. I. I want to feel comfortable in my life. I don't need to be wealthy, but I do. I would like to be able to put a roof on my house. So far, not happening. <laughs> you know, um, we we can all agree we don't want to see our tax money wasted. We pay our taxes. We pay our fair share. We want to know that that money is going to work for us and for our communities. We can start there. We can agree on that. I think there are probably other things we can agree on. It's going to take longer than you know two minutes on a Sunday afternoon. But I'm committed to the long haul in this and trying to understand people who say they're on the opposite side because I really don't think we are. No. I, 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 okay, go ahead. I'm sorry.
Yes, go ahead. Um, I just, more of an idea than a, than a question. <laughs> so, um, bringing together environment, agriculture, and manufacturing, um, I just, with your husband, finished an undergraduate research project I'm still working on, actually, and utilizing biodigester technology on small farms in cooperatives, and it was supporting those, not the big high, I don't have anything against the big high corporate people, but we need to bring up the people yes, in the middle us. and the bottom. And we are losing, even a little survey that I did of 400 farmers in a seven county region, including Jefferson County, we've lost, we're, we were gonna be losing about 20 farms in the next year. Uh. And this is a trend which actually started back when we switched to dairy, and we used to have many, many more thousands of farms than we do. But to get, those are businessmen, like you say, and to give them more of an opportunity to build, we need to come up with creative ideas like these cooperatives or the biodigesters. And the relationship to manufacturing is we have a brand new, not a brand new company, it's 100 years old, BioFirm, which just moved into Madison that creates a modular unit that they are trying to work out to go onto farms in Wisconsin and just make it work like they do in Germany right now, which uses some different materials for it. They're going to spend a, million, a half a million dollars to bring a prototype to Wisconsin to do test pilots. And if it works, they are building a brand new manufacturing plant here. So I want to see you support companies like that that are bringing jobs to Wisconsin that actually support people with good paying jobs and help these farmer businessmen succeed and businesswomen. successful 
May all of you guys be rich. chances to speak and I wanted everyone else first. You will get answered. I explained that. You will get answered. We will call you. It's actually, um, I think we, we said we'd end it too. So, I don't, well, I was just saying that I can stay afterward and talk to people if they, you know, in small groups or whatever if they want. But if people have to go, it is 2 o'clock. Um, and so we'll end it now and I'll be happy. I'll hang out here until about
Oh, no. Oh, Thank you. 